Welcome back, you idiot. I'm not cutting that. I'm putting that in somewhere. <laughs> not the listener. It's Craig, the recording device. Come on. We love our listeners. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this episode of Two On, Two Out. We have returned after our brief one-week intermission for reasons that um, don't really exist. We just didn't record last week for uh, basically because my phone didn't work. So uh, no, we're back. Sure. I, I was sick of it. Uh, uh, just sick in general. and sick of the reason you were uh, you were briefly kidnapped. Which yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. Ask you. Yeah, Verizon, I think, uh, held me hostage. They didn't let my phone receive any calls or texts, and I was essentially wiped off the planet uh, for about 24 hours. So that was um, that was interesting. Uh, but today we're going to get into the uh, to a recap of the Philly season. We're a bit past the 25% mark of the year, uh, and so we've got a, a relatively good idea of uh, how this team is uh, is shaping up. Uh, first, we will recap the the games that we missed from two weeks ago and this most recent week. Uh, but to start things off, I have a question for Bob um, that I think is it's me. Well, yeah, it might be the most important that I ask in this podcast. Bob, if Jazz Chisholm is traded to another team, does he change his hair dye? I mean, I would. <laughs> the answer is, I hope so. I, I would hope so, too. And for that reason, I kind of want to see him get traded to, like, the Athletics or the Rockies to get Rockies. some... Rockies. I just the Rockies. Uh... Yeah, to get some really cool colors going okay. in there. Um, yeah, I just thought that was something we needed to bring up um, because he does have really cool hair, and I really wish his really cool hair and pretty good play style were on the Phillies. But that's besides the point, and we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. So... The first series uh, that we left off with was uh, against the Blue Jays in Dunedin in their spring training home. Uh, Phillies would win one one game out of that three-game series. Uh, the the opener of that series saw uh, Harper with a bases clearing double uh, a bit later in the game. That one was a that one was a little bit of a crazy one. There was uh, a lot of wind. You know, the weather down there was um, you know affecting where the ball went. Vince Velasquez got the start in that one, uh, five and two-thirds innings. Just uh, the one earned run with a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. home run. Um, and there were a couple balls that probably would have gone out, but again, with that wind, uh, saved Vinny a little bit in that one. We move ahead to Saturday's game. Phillies would get shut out, four to nothing. Once again, Vlad Guerrero Jr. hits a home run. Uh, that first inning, uh, not great for... Um, you know, for the for the uh, for the Phillies, I think the Blue Jays scored three of their four runs in that first inning, uh, all coming off of Aaron Nola. Uh, again, another road start where Nola hasn't looked particularly crisp to this point in the season. Um, he did go six and two thirds, nine hits, three earned runs. You know, bounced back after that first, had eight strikeouts. Uh, Matt Moore closes it out with an inning, an inning and a third scoreless. Uh, there were three errors in that game. Got Joe Girardi a little fired up after that one. Uh, which leads us into Sunday's game, uh, where the Phillies would fall again, ten to eight. Uh, it was uglier than that box score uh, kind of indicates. 
the Phillies had the bases loaded in the first but didn't score. Meanwhile, the Blue Jays scored two with, with their first two batters of the game, uh, laid off home runs by Marcus Semien and Bo Bichette. Uh, Chase Anderson would manage one and a third innings pitched in that one. Eight hits, seven earned runs. A uh, lot of batters got on in the second. David Hale would come in in relief. Uh, just an ugly, ugly start. Uh, but they would rebound, the Phillies, that is. Uh, Nick Maton collects his first Major League home run in the fifth. Andrew McCutcheon would, home run, would hit a home run there as well. Uh, Bohm would hit a single after Segura tripled. So they score a couple runs there. In the sixth, Nick Maton breaks through again with his second career home run. Uh, at that point, I think that put the Phillies up. Uh, I'm sorry, Phillies were down eight to four. Uh, Made him an eight to six at that point, but uh, they battled back. It was it was interesting to see. You know, you you go down early like that. It's there have been a couple times this season where this this team has shown some fight, and we'll get to it in some of these other games where, um, you know, they're not necessarily out of it when they go down early, which is which is nice to see. Uh, like I said, though, they do end up losing this one, even though they they score, um, you know, a couple more in the ninth. Final score ten to eight. Some of the big things to come out of this series, JT Realmuso did not play at all. He would eventually land on the injured list um, after kind of uh, Phillies playing games in, in a sense of, you know, keeping him on the bench but never playing him. He, I think he missed six days before they ended up putting him on the injured list. Um, so they essentially wasted time with him there. Um, Kingery in that series would end up getting... Uh, he started a game for Bryce Harper, who was... Um, you know, hurt a, or banged up a little bit with his shoulder, and then Kingery gets a concussion in the uh, the middle of the sixth inning in that in that Sunday game. So then Harper comes into the game injured, um, has a couple of bats that were pretty ugly, and it was a little worrisome to see him up there with a hurt shoulder like that. Um, you know, we'll get more into the injured list as we go on, but Kingery would go on go on the list after this game. Um, Didi, I think at that point had already been on the list, so injury is already playing a factor with the Phils this season. Bob, was there anything in that Blue Jays series that kind of stood out to you? Uh, yeah, Bo Bichette's hair. Um, just a glorious head of hair on that man. Um, yeah. No, uh, it's, you know, that, was, that series was uh, felt hopeful in game one. Um, although, like you said, the way I think the wind was mostly on the suicide mm-hmm. that first game, and then. Uh, you know, after that, uh, the Blue Jays do what the Blue Jays have been doing, which is uh, score a lot of runs and yeah. a lot of home runs. Yep. Um, so it, we said this, you know, last time we had we were on uh, that we were running into a bit of a tough stretch, um, and you saw it there. Just you, you, you come out with a win and you open the game, but uh, unable to get a series win. And yeah. I think we get a series win in the next two series. Yeah, well, and the next game against, or I'm sorry, the next series against the Marlins played out the same way. Phillies were able to win the opening game, but can't get the series win as they would drop the next two. That first uh, first game saw uh, both starting pitchers look really, really good. And, I mean, the pitching staff as a whole for the uh, Marlins was looking good up until the eighth. Uh, Zach Wheeler would go seven innings, five hits, just the one run. Uh, Cody Petit. Uh, for the uh, Marlins would get the call up and start the game. Um, and then, you know, some of the bullpen guys, Bender, Blyer, Bass, would all come into the game. Um, you know, combined seven innings pitched, just the one earned run on an Andrew McCutcheon sacrifice fly. 
Uh, and then we get to the eighth inning. Uh, Jose Alvarado comes in for the Phillies, gets a strikeout, um, but then he would uh, allow a two-run home run to uh, Jazz Chisholm, who we mentioned earlier, uh, and that put the Marlins up 3-1. to one. It wasn't a bad pitch either. It was 100 miles an hour up and in on the hands, and Chisholm was just able to make a beautiful swing on and you know put it in the seats in right field. And you know at that point you're thinking, oh boy, you know this this is you know you're down down two now with just two innings left. And um, you know again we mentioned this team has shown fight, but you know you still still get a little worried with just two innings to rebound. However, the Phillies uh, in the eighth inning. We'd see uh, an RBI double from, from Alec Bohm. We'd see an RBI single from Nick Maton. A uh, pinch hit RBI double from Ronald Torres. Uh, later on, Gene Segura hits an RBI single. Bryce as well with an RBI single. So the Phillies score seven runs in that eighth inning to uh, to put themselves eight to three. That would be the final score. Um, Naris comes in and shuts things down in the ninth. Um, so a really great opener to the series. You know, um, again, some fight back from the team. Some great pitching to, to kick things off. And, you know, it looked like they could take two out of three from a team who has been a thorn in their sides for what feels like forever. Uh, however, the next two games, uh, well, Wednesday's game uh, on the 19th, the Phillies lose 3-1. to one. Trevor Rogers, the pitcher for the Marlins, he was just unhittable. Seven and two-thirds of an inning pitched. Just the one uh, earned run, which was an Andrew McCutcheon home run. Uh, which, by the way, was his sixth in uh, the month of May. Uh, so in that game, McCutcheon continued to uh, to produce in that leadoff spot. For the Phillies, Zach Eflin does go six innings, just the two earned runs allowed. Um, Brian Anderson hits a solo home run early on. Uh, so we uh, we head to the seventh inning, uh, where Brandon Kinsler comes into the game. This is a name you're going to hear come up a couple times this episode. Uh, he let three straight batters reach base. Um, and then a couple more hits would, uh, allow the Marlins to break ahead there. Or actually, they already ha- were ahead, so they, they, uh, extended their lead there. Uh, Kumran came in and kind of shut things down a little bit, but, um, Phillies weren't able to, uh, muster up anything else from there. Uh, Andrew Knapp almost hit a, a, a walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth, uh, but it fell about two feet short of the right field wall. Um, so the Phillies lose that second game. And then in the third game, um, a bit of an ominous start. Vince Velasquez scheduled to start. However, he gets scratched with a numb right index finger. Um, so David Hale, everyone's favorite member of the uh, Phillies roster, uh, gets the uh, you know late start. You know he found out. I think it was about a half hour before the game was starting. Uh, it also led to us getting to see uh, Hale start. Allowed us to see Zach Wheeler come in with a with a pinch hit appearance early in the game. I think it was the third or fourth inning because um, Girardi didn't want to burn a pinch hitter, and uh, Phillies needed some offense. And um, Wheeler Wheeler didn't produce there, but it was um, you know kind of interesting to see him uh, you know show up in that role. Um, in this game, we'd see Archie Bradley return from the injured list. Uh, he'd allow a double and a triple, uh, as well as a ground out. Uh, two RB, or I'm sorry, two runs scored off of uh, off of Bradley. There was an error from Alec Bohm in that inning. Again, something that is going to come up later as we um, discuss this season. As a whole, the team uh, managed three hits, four walks, and they struck out 15 times. They would fall six to nothing in that series. 
once again, Bob, the Marlins just uh, had the Phillies number. Um, you know, even even when the uh, Phillies are at home in Citizens Bank Park, the Marlins just um, they just don't stop. Yeah, I I don't know what it is. I it, it's just mind boggling. It's like some kind of brain freeze happens for them when they play the Marlins. I it's just utterly baffling. Yeah, I, I do think we have to acknowledge the Marlins are improving. This is not the Marlins of you know a couple of years ago that were the bottom feeders and. Um, you know, they were kind of a laughing stock. They they do have talent on that team, especially on the pitching staff. They um they are not uh they have improved. Um they have done well with with uh their quote unquote rebuild. Um and that team is is shaping up to be pretty interesting. Um, you know, we we've seen the Marlins in the past get or in the past get, you know, players like this of this caliber and then suddenly they flip them and Trade them all away. So, you know, we'll see if that if that keeps up, depending on how this season goes for them. So the next series for the Phillies saw them welcome the Boston Red Sox into Philadelphia. Uh, and the streak ends here as far as winning the opening game of the series. They would drop the Friday game 11-3. to um, Just not much of a positive to take out, take out of this one. Um, Aaron Nolo gets the start. He allows three hits in the first inning. Two runs would score. Uh, he looked okay. He bounced back until the fifth inning when he'd uh, he would allow um, a home run, a single, a triple, and another single, and um, you know they eventually pulled him from that game. Gene Segura would hit a two-run home run in the third, um, but in the end, it just uh, just was not enough. Nola ends the day allowing five run five runs, four earned runs total. Connor Brogdon would come in. Um, he'd allow a double, a single, and then a ball hit out to Andrew McCutcheon that McCutcheon kind of kicks away from him, so another run scores there. Seventh inning, uh, Devers for the Red Sox, a two-run home run. Uh, Vince Velasquez would come in and pitch an inning and a third of scoreless relief. Um, he had three strikeouts in that appearance. And Chase Anderson, um, who lost his starting role, um, he was scheduled to start the next game, uh, but they were the Phillies decided to bring up Spencer Howard. Anderson is relegated to the bullpen. Uh, he allowed a bases loaded double to Christian Vasquez, and um, yeah, so the, uh, the the year that Anderson was having as a starter seems to carry it over into the bullpen. You know, it remains to be seen what the rest of his uh, tenure here in Philly looks like. Uh, as for the Phillies, uh, they'd go on to lose the next game of that series uh, a little bit closer, four to three, in a Saturday night game. Spencer Howard, as I mentioned, got the start. Uh, he looked strong in his first two innings, and then, um, you know, in the third, his velocity dropped three to four miles an hour. He was all over the place. He he had been striking out guys left and right, and then just couldn't do it anymore. After the game, he would say that uh, running to first base on a on a ground ball it tired him out, and he was no longer able to. Not a great look. Yeah, that's that's very concerning, especially. Yeah, especially because last year he had he had the same issue. Am I right? You know, he had a similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I I don't know. I don't know what that means for Howard's career. That he just has a history of you know high velocity, high intensity very early on, and then just can't keep it up. Does that mean a move to the bullpen? You know, can he become? Uh, I think so. I think, so. I think it's. Uh, I think he um, will eventually become a bullpen piece. Which is okay. I mean, you can never have too many bullpen pieces, but for a guy who uh, many hoped, and including the, the Phillies hoped, uh, would be 
um, not a savior of the rotation, but uh, definitely another um, very good piece to add to the rotation. A guy mm-hmm. with uh, some velocity to add to the rotation. Um, it's not a good look uh, as of right now. Um, it appears that he long-term may be headed to more of a bullpen role when they really could use help in the rotation. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like you said, it's not a, not a terrible thing to have a you know guy that could be good out of the bullpen, or you know even if it's a late inning um, you know appearance that can shut things down. It's great to have, but yes, the the idea was for him to be a rep, uh, yeah, reliable starter, and as of right now, he hasn't been that. Um, yeah, you know, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. Uh, Phillies nearly came back in uh, in that Saturday game. Um, they had a chance to score late in the ninth inning, uh, but they couldn't pull it off, so they um, they dropped the first two games of that series. Uh, they would win the final game 6-2 um, to two on that Sunday afternoon. Uh, Brad Miller hits a three-run home run uh, in the first inning, put the Phillies up early, and they would not look back. Final score, 6-2. to two. So once again, winning just one out of a three-game series uh, against the Red Sox. Uh, and that would lead us into the most recent series where the Phillies traveled down to Miami to once again play the Marlins. Mm-hmm. The opening game of that series, Zach Eflin uh, goes six, allows four runs. Um, Brad Miller would hit his 100th home run um, of his career. Oh, which reminds me, early in that earlier in that Red Sox series, Reese Hoskins did hit home run number 100 after sitting on 99 for nearly a month. Um, so it was nice to see him... Uh, to break that out, you know, uh, relatively early in his in his career to get to 100 after that, you know, when he first came up back in 2017 and hit all those home runs in just a couple of months. So, um, yeah, nice to see him. Uh, he's on a hot streak during these uh, during these games, and um, you know, his career as a whole has been pretty solid. So, uh, nice to see that out of the Phillies first baseman, um, and from Brad Miller as the uh, the journeyman on the team. Uh, Phillies would drop this one nine to six once again. Brandon Kinsler comes in. Um, after Eflin allowed four runs in six innings, Kinsler allows four runs in just one third of an inning pitched. Uh, Chase Anderson would appear in this game as well, giving up an earned run in one and two thirds of an inning. Uh, so we move ahead to the Tuesday game, second game of that series. Uh, Phillies win that one two to nothing. Um, not a ton to report from this one. Uh, Vince Velasquez and Sandy Alcantara really went head to head, and you know both performed pretty well for each of their teams. Uh, the only runs scored in this game was a Reese Hoskins two-run home run off of Alcantara. Um, you know, it was a pretty solid shot out to left field, and he was amped up when he hit that one. Uh, camera, or yeah, the cameras and microphones caught him uh, using some explicit language. But um, you know, like we said, Alcantara has had their number, and you know, it was a nice breakthrough little uh, little hit there for Reese. Uh, we jump ahead to the Wednesday game. Uh, where the Phillies had a chance to win this one, but they would drop it uh, 4-2 to two to the Marlins. Nola goes six and a third innings pitch, just the one earned run. Looked like the Phillies had a chance to win this one. Um, you know, they were up late. However, Sam Coomerod comes in. He's been solid this year, but he ends up blowing the lead um, in the eighth inning for the Phillies. Um, and it's not without, um, you know, some help from the field. Uh, Brad Miller over at third base. Uh, you know, first there was a potential double play ball to end the inning. And he kind of throws it in the dirt to second base. Segura makes a nice play to, to keep it, um, you know, to make the catch off the bounce and get the out at second. But because of the, um, you know, extended time, they weren't able to pull off the double play at first. Uh, then eventually a couple runs score. Um, and it would be the ultimate undoing. Phillies, again, drop that one four to two. 
And then today's game, uh, the little, uh, little afternoon game on YouTube. Uh, the Phillies do take this one 3-2. to two. Spencer Howard gets the start again. He goes four innings. He pitched into the fifth, but he allowed all three base runners he faced in that inning to, um, to get on base. So then Ranger Suarez comes in uh, and shuts things down, as he has been doing all season. Uh, only one of those base runners end up scoring. Uh, I, Jose Alvarado comes in in the eighth inning. He does end up allowing an earned run, uh, which ties the game at two. Um, Hoskins with another home run in this game um, earlier on. He's, again, been on a pretty hot streak, as he's known to be. Once he starts hitting home runs, he kind of strings them together. So um, that was his third home run in the last uh, six games, five games. So, um, you know, he's heating up. The Phillies would end up winning it with Oduba Herrera hitting a leadoff triple in the ninth. Uh, they would get another base runner after that. Uh, and Ronald Torres would come up. He bounces the ball back to the pitcher and is able to leg out and beat the double play by about, boy, less than half a step. It was uh, it was very close, but uh, he beats the third first. Oduba Herrera scores. The Phillies managed to split the game in this, uh, sorry, split the series in Miami, which um, to me is feels like a win. If you can split on the road like that, especially against a team that you don't, typically play play well against to split a four game series like that is um is pretty successful. Uh so in these past two weeks the Phillies have gone five and eight and it doesn't sound terrific. Uh however they still sit in second place in the division, uh two and a half games behind the Mets who uh, won both of their games today in a doubleheader. Uh this division as poorly or as well as some teams may play, this division is going to be tight all year long. And, you know, like I said, they sit uh, virtually tied with the Braves for second place, although they have the advantage because they have an additional uh, win uh, over the Braves. Um, so, yeah, Bob, anything from those uh, from those sets of games that stands out to you before we you know start to go into our uh, quarter season review here? Yeah, Andrew. So, I mean, I know we were trying to get through uh, the last uh, two weeks of games since we missed last week, but I do want to take time to point out a guy that I'm going to talk about later on the, in the show um, who was great the past two weeks uh, and has been great all year it is Zach Wheeler mm-hmm. uh, over his last two starts. Uh, 14 and a third innings, uh, combined eight hits allowed, only one run, only one walk, and 22 strikeouts. Um, just absolute ace for us um, and really one of the few bright spots uh, for this team and for the last uh, for the team for the, se- the season and for the last uh, two weeks in particular. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I will agree with you. I did a little bit of a disservice there to Wheeler. He has been absolutely fantastic without a doubt the ace of this team um, in that period. And yeah, he deserves recognition because, um, you know, even he though is... he is uh when he's helping your argument for uh, no DH as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he uh, he can put the bat on the ball, bat on the ball as well. I think that's why you saw him pinch hit there for um, for David Hale at that uh, bullpen game uh, because Wheeler. Uh, not only because they're trying to save uh, you know some of the bench players, but um, yeah, Wheeler can uh, put the bat on the ball. Um, yeah, when he when he's over the plate. Uh, so yes, let's um, <clears throat> let's jump into our uh, quarter season thirty. It's like thirty one percent of the season review. Um, yeah, we'll break down each uh, each facet of the team. So when we look at the Phillies' offense, um, 
currently batting 234 in the season, which sounds uh, pretty low. Uh, but when you look at the overall rankings, that puts them 16th in baseball and 8th in the National League. Um, you know, kind of similar for their own base percentage at 309. It's 17th in baseball and 8th in the National League. So it kind of feels like they're not hitting and not getting on base and, you know, underperforming. But it's just a baseball thing. We've talked about it before. Baseball in general this year is just down offensively. And, um, you know, we're seeing the effects of that on the Phillies. Um, slugging 376, that's that's down a little bit. They're 23rd in all of baseball, 11th in the National League. Their 50 home runs is 20th in baseball and ninth in the National League. So um, nothing too flashy in those numbers, nothing uh, too dismal in those numbers. They're just very, very average to slightly mm-hmm. below average as far as, um, you know, as far as baseball standards right now. Yeah, I mean, it's um, not the numbers that we were hoping to see uh, on our first show. We mentioned how we thought this team had, uh, tremendous potential offensively with this uh, lineup. Obviously, that has not come to fruition. Um, but it is on par with what we've been saying the last few weeks is that this is a an average team. They've been um, they are just below uh, 500 uh, record wise. They're two games behind the Mets. Um, they're playing average baseball. They're in the middle of the pack in a lot of ways. But uh, it's you know this is who they are right now. Um, but you're 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 forgetting a great stat uh, offensively for the Phils, Andrew. Uh, they're third in striking out in majors. Yay! <laughs> yeah, five hundred thirteen strikeouts. Oh, uh, also, uh, uh, they are they now have fifty one home runs uh, because of recent home run today, which is just to, for context here. So they're at 51 home runs as of today with Reese hitting his uh, 11th home run today. Um, before the Blue Jays series, the Blue Jays had 51 home runs, uh, which was at the time second best in baseball. Uh, they currently have 71, and the Braves, who are uh, first in baseball at home runs, have 80. Uh, so just put in a context of uh, where the fills are in relation to two of the best home run hitting teams in the majors. Yeah, the uh, the the pop just isn't here in Philly. I mean, we we have a couple of guys, you know, Reese, like we said, at one point was tied for the major league lead in home runs, but then didn't hit one for almost a month. You know, you've got guys like Harper and Ramuto on the uh, injured list, so uh, not a ton of pop coming from the Phillies. You might see more as guys come off the injured list, but yeah, I mean, it is a baseball thing, but you know, there is uh, there is a little more to the Phillies. Um, you know, lack of production as well. They they don't have the pop, which tells me they are they're managing to score in other ways, which is nice. But um, yeah, you would home runs are always exciting, and I think you would like to see a little more of that. Um, staying on the uh, uh, you know the offensive side here, we talked at length multiple times about the lack of production coming from center field. So I think it's worth mentioning. You know, since Odubor Herrera has come up, uh, the batting average for uh, Philly center field position is now up to 204. You know, that was hovering around 100 at one point. Um, that puts them still 27th in baseball and 14th in the National League. Uh, but considering they were at the, you know, very bottom um, just a few weeks ago, it is a vast improvement. On base percentage up to 294. That's good for 23rd in baseball, 12th in the National League, 317 slugging, 25th in baseball, 
13th in the National League. So those those offensive numbers from center field are coming up. Um, you know, I think we're both in agreement that set aside the um, you know the personal side of uh, of the player. You know, uh, strictly baseball speaking, he is producing and it's it's improving numbers up out there, and certainly he has contributed to a couple of wins for the team. Um, also producing and um, contributing to the team, I I want to I want to throw some of these stats out at you and uh, see how you feel. Uh, so right now, uh, overall pitchers in the National League are combining for a .096 batting average, just under a hundred. Yeah, not 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 too bad. Um, uh, Andrew, what are you doing to me? <laughs> actually, let me let me specify that .096 is the Phillies' uh, pitchers' batting average. Okay, do it for ninth in the National League, a one twenty eight mm-hmm. on base percentage, which is ninth in the National League, mm-hmm. and a one twenty slugging, which is good for eighth in the National League. Hmm. Now let's take a listen to the Kansas City Royals DH for <laughs> all numbers, uh, hitting just one seventy five. Uh, you know, just a one seventy five average for their for them. Andrew, a two fifty four on base percentage and a three thirteen slugging percentage. These numbers, Bob, I I didn't cherry pick them whatsoever. Hmm. I'm just presenting them to you as yeah, I yeah. see them. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. so Phillies pitchers. Not too much, not too, um, you know, not too far off from the Kansas City Royals uh, DH position. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh yeah, you're yeah, you're just, you're just saying. That's. I just, I just happen to compare Phillies pitchers to the statistically worst DH position of any American League team. That's all I did, and I just, mm-hmm. I just felt it needed to be pointed out. Yeah, yeah, and and this is your way of of proving that we shouldn't have the DH. It's my way of saying there's not that much of a difference between Phillies pitchers and Kansas City Royals designated hitters. That's all I'm saying. Now, now, folks, if you think this is a bit, uh, this is an ongoing thing. Uh, it has been for years since I've known Andrew. It's also a thing uh, in text. Uh, every time uh, a Philly pitcher makes a hit. I do text him. Uh, still, what a DH. Um, <laughs> so, uh, no, this is not a bit. Uh, this is just uh, us in real life uh, coming to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I listen. I know that again. I know my uh, my time for enjoying the no DH in the National League is coming to an end. So I need to get in all these uh, all these statistics while I can. Um, so uh, you know, we talked about the team team offensive statistics uh, i kind of want to look at some of the individual players um each of us um picked out one positive and one not so positive player um offensively and uh and pitching wise that we wanted to kind of highlight um you know so bob if you want to um if you want to mention let's start with the uh the positive uh offensive player you decided to uh to highlight here it is a guy that we've talked about uh, numerous times. Uh, it is Reese Hoskins, who currently leads the team in home runs uh, and in RBIs. He hit his 11th home run uh, this afternoon and has 31 RBIs. Uh, Andrew, the month of May, he is just lighting it up. Uh, he has a 310 average, uh, 416 OBP, and his slugging is down compared to last month, uh, but it's still at 476. Uh, he only has three home runs uh, this month, um, but his walks are up. He has 13 walks. His RBIs are up. Uh, he has 17, 17 RBIs compared to 14 uh, last month. Uh, his Ks are down, which is good. 
only struck out 21 times compared to 37 times last month. Uh, all of this with 13 less plate appearances compared to April. Um, so Reese Hoskins uh, is my bright spot offensively for the Phillies. Yeah, and and you know we met, I mentioned a bit earlier talking about how he's on a streak. You know, you say he only had three home runs in the month of May. Uh, it is worth noting that they've all come within the last week, and knowing who Hoskins is, this will probably continue into June. So, um, yeah, it's nice to see he'll uh, increase his stats a little bit. Um, and also, I'm I'm curious as you were mentioning all those numbers, um, a thought came to my head, and I'm I'm curious what you think is. Hoskins, even when this team is completely healthy, is Hoskins the most important player um, in the lineup for the team? Uh, yeah, he is to me. Uh, we talked about him a couple of times. I talked about how important uh, him getting on base and walking a lot is uh, a couple of times so far. Um, so I'm really glad to see that his walks are up this month. Um, he is very important to this team. Um, I know he has slid down the lineup, uh, you know, lately, uh, and he's been hitting it better since he's been, you know, down in the lineup. But uh, I do prefer him when he's on to be up near the top uh, to get on base, to get those hits, uh, and get to get those uh, RBI chances. Yeah, I do think his slide down the lineup has a lot to do with, um, you know, we we've mentioned Harper, Ramuto, and Didi all on the um, injured list. So I, I think that that plays a role in it. And yeah, when everybody is healthy, you know, you you. When Hoskins can get on base like that, he's a dual threat. He can get on base and he can and he can bring runs in. And then when you've got him batting ahead of Harper and Romito in that lineup, he's going to see better pitches to hit. So, um, yeah, I I think he is. I think he is the most important player in that lineup to um, to really have things uh, moving smoothly for the for the team. Uh, so my offensive highlight for the team is another guy who also just hit his one hundredth one hundredth home run of his career. Uh, Brad Miller. Brad Miller, uh, you know, he was here back in 2019, you know, Bamboo Brad, he brought the Bamboo in, and Phillies went on a little bit of a winning streak and, you know, kind of caught on as a nickname for him. But uh, after a year spent in St. Louis, he's come back, and he's come back and played extremely well for the Phillies this season. Um, You know, mostly a fill-in guy. He's gotten more starting time now that, you know, we've got a couple injuries on the team. Um, but overall, Brad Miller for the for the whole season hitting 319 with a 381 base percentage, slugging 527. Um, so his on base plus slugging is over 900. Which, uh, I mean, for a, a guy of his size, he does not look like a power hitter. He really doesn't, you know, look like somebody who uh, is typically a productive uh, offensive player. But um, you know, he has played extremely well for the team. He does have five home runs this season, as well as three stolen bases. Uh, he's played games at first base, second base, third base, left and right field. And as a pinch hitter, he's hitting 375. So there's just not much about um, Miller that has been bad this season. Uh, his strikeout rate is up a little bit. I think it's up over 30%. So, um, you know, you'd like to see that reduced a little bit. But with the numbers he's putting up when he's not striking out, I mean, it's uh, they're too good to ignore. And I think that's why you've seen him in the lineup just about every day since these injuries have started piling up for the fills um, in the field. He doesn't have any official errors. Um, you know, again, we, we mentioned in that Miami game, you know, he had that uh, bounce throw to second uh, to Segura and later there'd be a ball that got past him that probably should have been um, caught. So while no official errors, he's not, um, you know, the surest of fielders, but 
again, when when you have a guy who can who is versatile like that and can make the average plays and and kind of be a stopgap like that, I I think it's something that's worth applauding. And so yeah, he's um I I think I've had the most fun watching him play this season. I'm really really happy to see him um, playing as well as he has. And you know, at this point in the season, nearly two months in, it's it doesn't feel like it's um, a fluke. You know, sometimes you guys see you know bench guys going you know, have a 20 at bat streak where they've got 11 hits or something like that. But, you know, he's got over 100 at bats this season and he's been playing this well. So, um, you know, look for Brad Miller to, to be a, um, a solid player for this team and somebody who, if this team is going to make any kind of playoff run, Miller is going to be a guy that's that's going to need to continue to do this. And he's shown no signs of slowing down. Speaking of slowing down, um, now we get into the less than positive players that we've each decided to highlight. My choice for this section um, is Alec Bohm. Uh, Bohm came up last season. Um, you know this this star-studded third baseman. You know we all had our comparisons as far as who we were hoping he would you know turn out to be. And there's no you know there's no reason to think that he can't turn things around. But at this point in the season, hitting just two twelve with a two forty nine on base percentage, three eighteen slugging. Uh, he does have four home runs, three stolen bases as well. Um, his strikeout rate is about 28%. So, um, you know, he's he's striking out just about as much as uh, Miller is. Uh, I think the biggest difference is in the field. Alec Boehm at third base has already made eight errors this season. Uh, his fielding percentage is just as at just 932. Um, and I know fielding stats, especially the advanced stats, are a little bit harder to... Um, you know, to, to calculate, and they're perhaps a little bit less reliable. Uh, but currently, he has a minus eight defensive runs saved um, statistic, which is worst for all third baseman in baseball. So, um, you know, he's a bit of a liability over there at third base. And, and I think that's something we heard about as he was coming up, is that he's probably not going to remain a third baseman for his career. He's shaping up to be more of a first baseman and, yeah, with Hoskins already here, we'll see how that plays or out. Or a but, DH. Or yeah, yeah, great point. Yeah, with with the DH more than likely coming to the National League next year, or you know, whenever the uh, you know Major, Major League Baseball and the Players Association can come to some sort of agreement, um, you know, whenever that is, uh, we'll probably see a DH in the National League. But with you know, with the offensive numbers he has right now, I mean. Can he even be your DH? You know, is how concerned are you so far with with Bohm's numbers? I am not terribly concerned. Um, I mean, I'm concerned, but I'm not terribly concerned considering his age and what we've seen him uh, do, especially last season when he finished second in Rookie of the Year voting. Um, I'm not terribly concerned. Um, I did uh, in the past week or so uh, question. Whether or not, um, and it's still we're in a weird spot with this, this division. We're only two games back. It's still winnable division, but I was uh, considering this with uh, not only him but with Scott Kingery of maybe they just need to be in the minors this year if you are really not going to be a team that's going to compete um, or going to make a, a big impact uh, in the postseason. I know I predicted them to make the postseason this season, but uh, maybe it is best long-term. And I know Dombrowski's doing a lot of, uh, uh, you know, looking into the, the team in general and, and the scouting process. 
uh, of the prospects in the system, maybe it's best for both those guys to maybe um, spend significant time in the minors. Um, but that's that is a hard decision to make with a team that is teetering on possibly being able to make the playoffs. Is it worth it? Is it not? Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I right now you Kingery, yes, Kingery, I agree, needs to be down there and hopefully try to rejuvenate his career. Um, Bohm, I think, has a little more leeway right now. For multiple reasons, one, he is your third baseman. I mean, we just got done talking about Miller. And if you really wanted to make him your everyday third baseman, I suppose you could. But who replaces Miller? You know, who who then is your, um, you know, your super utility guy like that? Um, there's something to be said too about you know if he if they were to demote to demote Bohm back to AAA, you know, what that does for his psyche as far as, you know, he had the opening day third base job and now he's, you know, getting sent back down. So um, there's a lot to balance there. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. I, right now I think they're they're going with the approach of um, letting him ride it out and um, continue to get playing time and see if he can figure it out here uh, with the Major League Club. So, yeah, um, I will say two more things before we move on. Uh, one, uh, I absolutely would love uh, not only the DH to be in NL, we already know that, uh, but I would love for Bohm to potentially be that DH. Uh, I think when he is hitting all, all cylinders, he is a uh, hitter who can hit to all fields. Um, that's when he is at his best is when he's um, not pulling the ball, but he's also uh, slapping it you know, the other way, mm-hmm. getting it through the holes. So I, I would love to see a guy who is not particularly great defensively just be able to focus on his offensive game as a DH. Um, and on, on the Brad Miller front, um, you know, it is very nice to see his numbers um, You know, right now during the season. Uh, I do worry about him as a career bench guy. Um, can he sustain these numbers or can he at least be you know, adequately productive enough to help the team for the rest of the season. Yep. Yep. It remains to be seen. I agree with you on all points there. So far, he's looked great. Um, but, you know, we still have a decent amount of the season left to go. And, um, you know, it, it remains to be seen if he can, um, you know, have that play out over an entire season, especially because when these guys come off the injured list, his playing time will likely be reduced. Um, so, Bob, who do you have as your, um, you know, not so positive offensive player of the season so far. Well, uh, he had one positive moment uh, today, uh, where he got his first RBI of the season. Uh, that's Matt Joyce. Mm. Uh, Matt Joyce is batting uh, under 100. He's batting 077. <sighs> no home runs. Uh, his one lonely RBI, which he got off a sack fly, I believe today. Yep. Um, uh, he's made a couple. Of nice defensive plays uh, when he's uh, filled in for McCutcheon and Harper um, that I can remember the season. Uh, nothing you know too spectacular, but plays that I'm like, okay, that's that's not bad for not for to make that play. Um, but he has been dismal at the plate. Um, the Phillies already have a bench problem. Uh, we talked about Wheeler having to pinch it, uh, not only because it was early in the game, but because. They were so hamstrung by a, a depleted bench. He didn't have JT, he didn't have Bryce. 
who you could argue they should have been put on the IOs sooner than they were. Um, but the bench has been um, pretty useless for most of the season. Although you have guys, we talked about like Brad Miller, who's had a great year. Uh, lately, it's been um, Mono Torres, who's come up and done a great job. Uh, fun fact here, Torres has uh, the same amount of RBIs as Francisco Lindor in tie games this season uh, with four. Um, so having a guy like uh, Matt Joyce on the bench who is not contributing in any way, especially with injuries that are, that are depleting your uh, sort of lineup, it's just not the thing you want to see mm-hmm. um, from, uh, from a guy who everybody hoped would be a pretty reliable or hopefully reliable fourth outfielder. Yeah, yeah. In the spring training, he you know he had some pop. He looked like he was going to really be able to you know contribute to this team in some way, but um, apparently just wasn't meant to be. And you know if he's not able to, I know he's hurt for a little bit, but if he's not able to shape things up, you you have to imagine the Phillies are going to go another direction and um, you know have somebody to to replace his spot on the team. Um, one last thing on on Matt Joyce. Uh, you want to guess when his last hit was? Um... April 14th. Oh, you are close. Uh, April 20th was the last Ooh. time that he had a hit. Um, so over a month between Yikes. hits uh, is not a great stat to have in baseball. Uh, no, not at all. Um, it's, while we're at the tail end of the offensive side of things for the team, I, um, I do have some of the fielding stats overall for them. Uh, they currently sit at a 984 fielding percentage, which, you know, it, sometimes watching this team, you feel like they are an awful defensive team, but, you know, that puts them at 16th in MLB and 8th in the National League. So they're right about average this season. Um, they have some of these things that stood out to me were um, from the catching perspective. And, you know, it's worth noting that JT has missed a pretty significant amount of time so far. Um, the Phillies have just four caught stealings. Um, you know, they've managed to throw out four runners on the base paths. That's good for 29th in baseball and 14th in the National League. So they are not throwing out a lot of guys, you know, trying to steal bases. Um, and I, you know, I kind of thought when I saw that, oh, well, you know, maybe they're just not attempting it a lot because, you know, they know that JT has an arm back there and, you know, they just weren't, you know, trying to test it. But uh, they've allowed 21 stolen bases, which is mm-hmm. 18th in baseball and 11th in the National League. So, um, yeah, and, I, and you, saw, you saw that with the Blue Jays series, uh, with JT not uh, being 100% and uh, being used primarily as DH. Um, you saw the Blue Jays run on Nap because they know Nap is yep. not a great thrower. Um, so teams are are teams aren't stupid. They know who's catching. They know who's hurt. Um, so with a you know with your best catcher not at 100% and with the backup who has not nearly the arm that JT has when healthy, um, teams are going to run on you. Yep. Yeah. And it's, um, I think it's contributing to their, their overall, um, you know, fielding stats as well, because the last one I want to bring up, and again, you know, with the caveat that, um, you know, fielding stats are very hard to produce and sometimes are not reliable. However, as a team, the current, the Phillies currently sit at minus 29 defensive runs saved, which is good for dead last in the National League and dead last in baseball. So from that perspective, yes, the um, 
you know the fielding for team for the team has been atrocious. Um, to break that down a little bit, um, eleven of those twenty nine, uh, you know, negative defensive runs scored are coming from the third base position. You know, it, it mostly is Alec Bohm, but you know we've seen Miller play over there. I think Kingery played over there a little bit. Um, you know, there's a couple guys that have played over there. Um, a 938 fielding percentage for that position, which is towards the bottom of baseball. Um, and then overall in the outfield, and I bring this up to kind of highlight that, you know, the the dichotomy between outfield and infield um, fielding, uh, the outfield as a whole for the Phillies have a 993 fielding percentage, which is seventh in baseball and fourth in the National League. So um, not too bad. Uh, their defensive run scored is uh, minus four out there. So of the minus 29 overall for the team, just four of that comes from the outfield. So 25 of your negative defensive run scored are coming from the infield. So um, defensively, you know, particularly with McCutcheon, we've seen some some outfield mistakes, but it feels and statistically looks like it's mostly coming from the infield positions and um, highlighted mostly by uh, third base. So. That's something that'll need to change as well if this team's going to, you know, win games. You know, that you can't win a game when you're giving up the lead late on routine plays or, you know, putting yourself behind early. It's, yeah, um, yeah, it's just not, not going to help you win games. And, uh, for anyone out there, um, follow Bob Wankel, who, uh, writes for the, writes about the sales for Crossing Broad. Uh, he has, he writes great articles. Uh, his latest article is about just that about the defensive uh, liability that the Phillies have been, not only this year, but dating back to last year. Um, it was a good article. I encourage everybody to go, go read it. Uh, he's a good follow on Twitter for uh, when you can't watch the game. He, he tweets you know, really good stats. Um, he's got it. But, Andrew, um, let's continue with our uh, negative team. Negative <laughs> but, Andrew, let's continue with being negative. And why don't you give us who has been your worst pitcher for the Phillies this year. Yeah, um, and I don't know if I consider him the worst, but I consider him the most uh, disappointing or most um, even, maybe even detrimental to... The um, most not good. Yeah, to, to what's going on with this team. Uh, Brandon Kinsler. Uh, Kinsler is known for having a, a, rarely, a very solid relieving career. You know, he's played with multiple teams and has played pretty well for all of them. And you know, when they signed him, they brought him in on a minor league contract, um, you know, thinking if he's going to play well enough in spring training and earn his spot on the roster, then, you know, he's going to have you know, hopefully have a pretty decent season. Um, but right now he sits at 17 games uh, in which he's appeared 15 and a third inning pitched. His ERA is 822. Um, he's allowing a batting average against of 371. Eight twenty two. Eight twenty two is not going to win you very many games, uh, especially when you're letting batters hit three seventy one against you and reach base in uh, over forty percent of the time, and he's allowed five home runs uh, in that time as well. Um, so it it uh, man, numbers yeah, like that, I, I'm afraid to know what uh, David Hale's numbers are. Yeah, well, and and that's why I say because there are guys you know you're, you're going to bring up a person soon and. There are other guys who I would say are having worse seasons, despite how bad those numbers are. But just because of the expectations for Kinsler and what he could have been to that bullpen, um, it it's just um, it's worth highlighting and worth talking about that. You know, maybe this signing doesn't particularly work out for a team, 
And I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't blame Dave Dombrowski at all for this. I mean, Kinsler has had a solid career, like I said, and um, his last few seasons have looked great. And so it looked like a, um, you know, a nice veteran addition to this bullpen after a dismal season last year. So, um, yeah, he is just not performing the way he should. Um, and before we move on to um, to your pick for LVP so far, uh, I do want to run down some of the you know team stats as far as pitching this season uh, for the Phillies. Uh, since we talked about Kinsler, let's uh, start with the bullpen. The bullpen currently sits at a 4.71 ERA. Um, and considering that that ERA, I believe, was over eight last season, it is an improvement. Um, it currently sits 24th in all of baseball and 12th in the National League. Um, they uh, they have thrown 160.2 innings uh, to this point. Uh, the reason I bring that up is because the number of innings that these starters have thrown, which I'll mention in a minute, um, that is uh, so that 160.2 innings is uh, 25th in baseball and 11th in the National League. So, um, and that's ranked in descending order. So they are they're pretty low down as far as um, number of appearances. Um, and one stat that I saw that stood out to me was. They have an 18.4% um, home run home run per fly ball percentage, which is the number of fly balls off the bat of the opposing team that end up being home runs. They're allowing 18% of those fly balls to be home runs, which is dead last in the National League and all of Major League Baseball. So if you're looking for something to be, you know, the reason or part of the problem with the bullpen, it may be the number of home runs they're giving up, especially on or fly balls like that, um, you know, dead last in baseball. And, um, you know, you, if you're letting the ball fly to park, you're, uh, you're not really keeping, uh, you're not really keeping the score down. You know, you're allowing the other team to get back in it and, um, you know, and either pad their lead or take the lead. And, um, you know, it's, uh, not great, not great. Uh, on the starting pitching side, however, the numbers look a lot nicer, uh, a 3.89 ERA for the starters. That is good for 13th in all of baseball and 8th in the National League. Uh, they have a fielder independent pitching of 3.73, which is a little bit better than their ERA. Uh, puts them 12th in baseball and 7th in the National League. Um, so here's the stat I, I was just um, referencing a little bit ago, talking about the number of innings pitched for the bullpen. The starters have gone 277 and a third innings, which is third in all of baseball and second in the National League. So the Philly starters are eating up a lot of innings and doing it pretty well. It's, um, you know, their numbers aren't flashy, but they are uh, just above average. It's, it's um, and that's definitely been a positive and it's definitely spearheaded by, um, you know, Nola Wheeler and Eflin at the top of the rotation, but also Vince Velasquez. You know, we, we have to, we have to mention, you know, how well he's doing and, just you know, like we all thought it would. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, another positive, they are striking out um, roughly 9.64 batters um, per nine innings, um, which is good for ninth in baseball and fifth in the National League. So the starters are getting their strikeouts. Um, so with all of that said, Bob, who is your choice for the least valuable pitcher on the Phillies? Well, Andrew, do you blame Don Broski on this signing? Uh, Matt Moore. He was signed to a one-year, $3 million contract in the offseason. Uh, he is 0-1 with a 7.36 ERA uh, in only 18 and a third innings. Uh, he was kicked out of the rotation after just three starts. He's been on the 10-day IL twice 
in two months. Uh, has only made six bullpen appearances, and the opponents are batting three twenty off him this year. It's um, yeah. Do I do I blame Nebraska for this one? Maybe not. I mean, he again, he has a history in the MLB. He, you know, he his first couple seasons, he was fantastic. He looked like a you know somebody who was going to have a solid career, but um, you know, fell off. He went to Japan to try to rebound a little bit, and. Yeah, it looked pretty decent from there and looked pretty good in spring training. So mm-hmm. um, I can't totally blame Dombrowski, um, you know, for giving it a shot. Um, and, you know, kudos to the Phillies. You know, they um, didn't really hesitate to take him. Well, you know, he did end up on the injured list, and that's probably why he lost his rotation spot. But, you know, he also didn't stay in there for much longer than he should have. So, um, but yes, very disappointing. You know, you thought. Maybe you could get something, you know, have a career resurrected here. And to this point, it doesn't look like it's going that way. Absolutely not. And and he had that uh, appearance with David uh, Hale uh, last week uh, when they had the scratch of Vince Velasquez, which uh, I, I just thought the uh, monitor were just kind of have BP all day. That's, that's how I felt. <laughs> yeah, it could have gone worse. It looked like it was... Uh... When you hear bullpen game, it's usually not a good thing. And, um, you know, they didn't win, but um, it uh, it's not as bad as it could have been. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so let's uh, let's hop off the negativity train and let's hear your MVP for the uh, for the pitching staff so far this season. It's not Ace Noah. Uh, it is the true ace for the Phillies, Zach Wheeler. Who mm-hmm. currently leads the team in ERA, strikeouts, whip, batting average against, innings pitched. Uh, he has just been uh, tremendous uh, for the Phils. Um, yeah, we, I talked about Bob Winkle uh, a couple minutes ago. Uh, he tweeted out a couple of days ago that um, just this season alone, uh, he's had three double-digit strikeout games uh, in his previous 137 starts, which is basically... In his previous career, the, the, he's had only eight double-digit uh, strikeout games. Mm. Um, and then uh, Corey Simon also pointed out that in his last four starts, uh, Wheeler has had 29 innings pitch. Uh, he's given up 18, run, 18 hits, uh, only two runs, two walks, 36 strikeouts. Uh, and he has thrown 401 pitches, over 70% of those pitches have been strikes. Um, wow. So he is just on fire. Um, and, you know, everyone, I think everyone thought, um, or everyone, I don't know if everyone thought, but everyone would hope uh, Noah would be um, the ace of the staff. Uh, he finished, was it third in uh, Cy Young voting a couple years mm-hmm. ago? Um, but it's really been Wheeler um, who's just been. Honestly, one of the reasons that the Phillies are where they are and still fighting for um, a spot in this division. Yep, completely agreed. And uh, I'm glad he's doing it here because had he stayed with the Mets, uh, that rotation would be flat out disgusting. Yes. Just unbelievable. Unheadable. Um, yeah, so it's nice that he uh, that he's doing it here. Um, so on to my pick for um, yeah, the, the positive pitching player for this season uh i can't believe i'm saying it but vince velasquez um he has been 
as a starter has been I mean fantastic as a as a I mean whatever he is the fourth or fifth starter um I guess now he's fourth just way or just with the way the rotation has um shaken out but uh to to get into his stats a little bit as a starter you know this is removing his bullpen appearances um he has six games started 31 in the third innings pitched an ERA of 2.30 uh, batters are hitting 195 against him. Uh, they're getting on base uh, at a 238 clip. Uh, he has allowed 14 walks to 33 strikeouts. You'd like to see that ratio go down just a bit. Um, and you'd also like to see him, um, you know, last a little bit longer in the games. Um, he's average, averaging just over five innings uh, per start, which is not ideal. Um, you know, you'd probably like to see him lean closer to six. Um and he can do it. You know, he's shown that he can do it. Um, he just needs to get that pitch count down. And I also feel like part of it is how slowly he seems to pitch. He very often takes a lot of time in between pitches and, um, you know, slows the game down a bit. And mm-hmm. you know, that can be advantageous. But to me, that it feels like it's. Um, it, it feels deliberate to me when I watch it. It feels like he is deliberately trying to not be Vinny Velo and just throw balls by guys. Mm-hmm. It just feels like he's trying to collect himself. Um, at least that's what I, I feel when I watch him now. Yeah. And, and maybe it's why he's playing so much better. And, you know, he needs to do this to make himself, um, you know, a, a reliable starter in the, you know, in this rotation. But, um, yeah. you know, hopefully they can work on something to get his pitch count down, get his walks down and, you know, get him to last into the seventh inning because mm-hmm. if he can do that and continue these numbers, man, he will It'd be could, great. Yeah, he could finally be breaking out into the the pitcher we all uh, you know years ago and several times thought was breaking out. Um, yeah, it'd be nice to see. Uh, I do want to mention one more guy that I think is deserving of a of a shout out, especially after his performance today. Ranger Suarez has been. Um, Quietly fantastic for um, the bullpen thus far, um, including today's game. He has appeared in seven games for the Phillies. Total of twelve innings pitched, uh, a zero point zero zero ERA, no earned runs allowed. He does have one unearned run to his name, given up just five hits, three walks, and eleven strikeouts. Um, pretty darn close to um, reliable, or I mean, he is as reliable as you could ask for a guy to be. He, yeah. Um, usually when he comes in, it's multiple innings and, you know, he can, um, you know, he, he obviously has been shutting down the other team, um, when he comes in. So, um, just thought it was worth, uh, worth bringing him up here. No, I, I agree. It's so far so good. Uh, a couple of podcasts ago, we mentioned, uh, or I think you, I forget who asked the question of, of who, but we talked about, um, if we would like, uh, a combo of, uh, Vince and Chase Anderson, to be the fifth starter. Uh, I saw it today, and I, I forget who said it, but I, was, I believe it was one of the beat writers um, for the Phillies uh, said uh, they wouldn't mind seeing a combination of uh, Spencer and Ranger uh, yep. be your fifth starter, uh, especially with Spencer's um, velocity issue when he gets you know, deeper into games. Um, I think that would be uh, fine you know, as yeah. a fifth option. I think my only hang up with that is I I would like because Suarez has been pitching so well I'd like him to be available for more than just one game out of five you know I'd like to see him be able to come into you know 
two yeah. out of every five games or whatever. So yeah, that's true. I mean, especially since he is uh, a lefty. Yeah, uh, I yeah. think that that would be um, you know better served. Although with the the three batter rule, the the lefty righty matchup thing is uh, yeah, it's not as... put on hold, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, we talked about it before. It's just a rule that just needs to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, we could spend an entire another podcast talking about that, but uh, we are running short on time here. In fact, we're running over. So uh, to wrap things up, Bob, why don't you uh, why don't you give us your down on the farm uh, report on the uh, the Phillies so far this season? Yeah, just uh, briefly, we have uh, I just picked three guys uh, to talk about here. Um, uh, the, I picked the top two in the farm system. Um, so we'll start with Mick Abel, who's the Phillies' top prospects. Uh, 19 years old, uh, pitching down in Clearwater. Uh, only four starts and 10 to third innings pitched so far. Uh, his ERA is is high. It's at five, uh, 523 right now. But uh, that's mainly because his first, mainly his first start, uh, his, like his second start wasn't great, but his first start really wasn't that, that awesome. Uh, and his innings are low just because they're keeping him at right around uh, two to three innings right now to kind of get that arm worked out. Um, but you know his last two starts, uh, he's pitched five and a third, one hit, one run, two walks, uh, nine strikeouts, and right mm-hmm. now the opponents are batting uh, under two hundred. They're batting one eighty nine against him. Um, so Mick Abel, uh, I know he is. Uh, a lot of people are excited about his future, and hopefully in a few years we see him. Um, up here with the big club, and maybe he's the future ace of this team. Who knows? Um, over in Lakewood, which I don't think they call it Lakewood anymore. They, they're the Jersey Shore Blue Calls now. Yeah. Um, is Bryson Stotts, Bryce Harper's BFF, uh, the 23 year old shortstop. Um, so far in 19 games and 62 at bats, he's batting 274 with a 458 uh, OBP. Uh, he's slugging 516, four homers, eight RBIs. He's walked 21 times, struck out 19 times. Uh, I like to see the K's go down a little bit more. Uh, and he has three stolen bases. And then the third person I picked, um, just because uh, we talked about uh, the pitching woes of this team, uh, the third first person I picked was Damon Jones. Uh, he is a uh, 26-year-old lefty. Um, I think currently pitching with Lehigh Valley. Um, he was mainly a starter earlier in his career. Uh, now it seems that he's um, mainly used as a bullpen. We'll see if they put him back in a rotation up in Lehigh. Um, but so far, in six appearances out there, nine in the third innings pitched, uh, 193 ERA, four hits, uh, three walks, 12 Ks. Opponents are batting 129. Um, so I mentioned him because he is 26 years old. He is in Triple A, and he's a guy who, if he keeps it up, uh, and someone like a Kinsler or you know a Hale, <laughs> more numerous mm-hmm. guys that we talked about who struggle in the bullpen, uh, maybe he's a guy we see up with a big club uh, making his major league debut this season. Very cool. Always nice to hear you know some guys down on the farm that are um, you know that are that are playing well and and giving you some hope, giving you something to uh, to look forward to. Speaking of looking forward, uh, the next two series for the Phillies will be against uh, two teams we have not seen this season. Um, They get a rare Friday off, and then they head for a two-game set against the Tampa Bay Rays in Tampa Bay. It looks like Wheeler is going to be starting Saturday's game, and Eflin will start Sunday. So 
I mean, realistically, as as you know, Tampa Bay is on fire right now. They are playing extremely well. Um, but with those two starters, there's a, you know at least a decent shot of sp- hopefully splitting that series. You know, you take mm-hmm. one of those games. Um, you know, I, again, we've talked about being on the road. If you can get uh, 500 winning percentage, that'd be great. And I think if they can go into Tampa and win one out of the two, I would be I'd be thrilled with that. Um, and then after that, they will head to Cincinnati, uh, where we'll see the uh, the rest of the rotation, likely Velasquez. Nola and then Spencer Howard uh, playing there, and then they'll be off Thursday. So two uh, two off days coming up for for the Phillies in that time. Um, so Bob, just five games to look forward to. How do you uh, how do you see things shaking out against Tampa and Cincinnati? Uh, I mean, like I said, you know it's going to be tough uh, going to Tampa and playing the Rays. Um, but yeah, if, if you get a split, a split is a win in my my book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just Keep sort of the status quo. Um, Jim Salisbury, I don't know if you caught this, uh, I think it was last week, uh, made a NASCAR reference. I know how much you love NASCAR. Uh, He said, this season uh, is sort of like you're you're in the race and you're just waiting for somebody in this division to wreck so you can uh, pull ahead. Um, Hopefully the Phillies aren't that team that wrecks. Um, So I, you know, just... Keep status quo. Five hundred is fine for right now. No one seems to be pulling away right now. Get guys healthy. Get guys back in the lineup. Um, so if we are back here talking about, you know, uh, a sort of a mediocre but stable road trip, and we're still two, three games, maybe hopefully better, um, you know, behind for first place, um, that would be fine with me. Well, Bob, you've opened the door, and now I get to make a NASCAR reference of my own. Hopefully, the Phillies play this season uh, like Chase Elliott last year, who, uh, you know, had an up and down no start. That is. Exactly. No one will that's listening to this, but I'm going to keep going with it anyway. Hopefully, it's a lot like Chase Elliott last season, where you know the first uh, half or so was up and down. You know, some bright mm-hmm. spots, some low spots, exactly. uh, and then once it came to playoff time, he turned it on and uh, took home the championship. He so, sure uh, did. Yep. So. Hopefully that, 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 that dude, he did it. What was his name? Uh, Chase Utley. <laughs> Close enough. All right. Thank you, everyone, for uh, for listening. Apologies for the week off, but you know what? Sometimes it's going to happen. Sometimes everybody needs a reset. So uh, we'll be looking to come back next week after this five game uh, set in Tampa and Cincinnati, and, um, and maybe we'll have a maybe we'll have a nice little road trip. So. So thank you, everyone, and uh, see you next week. Bye. Go chase whoever.